Um, let's open our Bibles to Luke 19. Because we're going to have one more response at the end. And you're like, man, this church... This is the thing. You have to... See, truth is not meant to be just put in our heads. Every truth is meant to be experienced. So whether it's whether someone gives a testimony of healing, whether someone shares about just God touching them when they praise, that it's, it's a truth not just to be heard, it's a truth to be stepped into and experienced. And that's why we, re, we always respond to all this stuff is because if, there, if, you don't, if it doesn't appear in your life, then all it is, is is just a nice little story or a nice little word that you heard and that's it. But if you step into it and receive it and experience it, then it becomes a part of your life and you own it and you have it. And then you know without a doubt that that happened to you. Just like as Jerry was saying, you know what? Something happened. He can't even define it. But there's an experience of the truth of, of he had a need and just came forward and just and God met him. And that's how it's supposed to be. It's never it, it was never meant to be where we just hear stuff and we go, oh, that's nice. That's good. I'm going to keep that in mind as I work real hard on my own strength to follow Jesus. That's never been the way it's supposed to be. And we're trying to, you know, the church is getting back to that in general. We're learning. We're, we're, we're walking. Um, this is uh, the story of the triumphal entry we're going to look at real quickly. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open your word right now in Jesus' name. We invite you to come and reveal truth to us. We invite you that you are the one who leads us into all truth. We pray that you would lead us not to just hear it, but to know it and experience it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Luke 19, verse 28. This is just, there's four different stories of the triumphal entry, and this is just one of them. Um, I didn't get the scriptures in the, in the screen. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. And so these two, the two disciples, those who were sent ahead, went and found it just as he told him them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Um, have you ever tried that before? Just to, <laughs> you know, I thought it would be kind of cool, but um, it only works, see, when he tells you to do it first. <laughs> you, you can try. Hey, the Lord needs that. just wanted to let you know that's why I'm removing that from your property. Don't worry. Um, I mean, they're taking somebody else's donkey. And that's all they said is the Lord needs it. But because Jesus said it, it happens. They brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the cold and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, they just began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. In the other accounts, they say, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Some of the Pharisees, though, in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, 
the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you had only known this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you on every side. Um, They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. And here is the scariest verse here. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And that's not what the message is about, but it's important to recognize. I don't ever want to be in a place where I don't, I don't recognize what the Lord's doing. And it doesn't mean I don't ever make a mistake. It doesn't mean it's nothing like that. It just means, Lord, I want, to be, I want to know if Jesus rides in on a donkey, then I want to know and be a part of the people that are saying, yes, Hosanna, praise the Lord, you are the king. And if he comes by his spirit and moves in power and there's some reaction, then I want to be able to go, whatever it is, to say, yes, Lord, I, I praise you for that. Thank you for that. And, that's, and it's so important. But what we're going to look at is here how the people miss something from God because they had an expectation instead of an expectancy. See, I used, I used to think that both words were good. But there's a big difference between the word expectancy and the word expectation. They're not, they're not exact, they're the same roots, but they don't mean quite the same thing. Uh, expectancy is open. It's like an open sky. It's like an open hand. It's saying, I'm just ready for whatever. An expectation, I mean, think about it. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't have any expectations, like in your job and stuff. There's an expectation that you show up to your job. It's, it's a defined thing. An expectation is, is a defined moment. It's like a, it's like a box in some ways, and some boxes are not bad. But their boxes are bad when we put them with the Lord, with, with the Holy Spirit, because He's not in a box. He doesn't want us to have an expectation, a defined, you know, exact thing of what He wants to do, because that's how we end up disappointed. See, a couple weeks ago, A couple weeks ago when, when my wife, wife Ashley shared, um, she talked about the love of God and experiencing the love of God. And she talked about her dock experience. You know, and she talked about how God just overwhelmed her with love. And she invited us to respond. And we had a ton of people come forward. And this is the thing. And, and she even said this to me. We maybe should have clarified. She was not promising that you would have the same experience as her. She was promising that you would receive the Father's love. See, the promise was, the expectancy was... An expectation would say, I have to have that, this set thing happen, or I'm not, I didn't get what, what God wanted for me. But expectancy says, I know God's gonna give me something, I'm ready for it. Whatever it is. See, there's a, there's a big difference, and if we learn to live with expectancy instead of expectation with the Lord, with God, then we won't be disappointed. Cause see, when, when you have an expectation, whether it's for a friend or for God, if they don't do what that thing is, what happens? You're like, what? you didn't do what I wanted. You didn't do what I expected you to do. And you're disappointed. You're upset. It's okay, people. It's not, this message is not just for one person here. <laughs> that, see, if we have an expectation, and this gets you in trouble with the Holy Spirit all the time. 
There are a few things that you can always expect from God. But it's because he's defined them in his word. Like if you come to him and repent of your sins and put your trust in him you, and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, it says you will be saved. There's an expectation and that's a solid thing. Boom. If you do that, if you respond to God, you are saved. Second thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God says, I will, if you ask, I will baptize you and you will be empowered and you will be able to speak in tongues. You will be able to do miracles. You will be able to work in the gifts of the Spirit. He's defined it. We get in trouble when we start defining what we want Him to do. When we have a definition of what we think He should do, healing is the same way. God is all, why I can expect people to get healed and it's an expectancy and expectation is that I know that God wants to heal bodies. I know that God wants to heal hearts and He always wants to do that. So there's an expectancy that He's going to do that. Now an expectation can come in because sometimes what God has to do is say, you know what, you're praying for their body to be healed, but God says, I have to take care of their heart first. There's something in their heart that needs to be fixed. They need to forgive somebody. And if I'm stuck on this expectation, oh God, you've got to just heal their knee right now. You've got to heal it. And God's saying, just let me get their heart first. I've got to get their heart first. And you see how the expectancy, it's like, I'm going to pray and say, Lord, what do you want to do? I know you want to heal. How do you want to do it? Rather than defining it, okay, this is how it's going to happen. I'm going to do it this way. And I have a box for you that you need to fit in. See, the triumphal entry is a picture of a box, that an expectation that people had. That when they were crying out, Hosanna to the son of David, they're basically saying, you're the Messiah. I mean, it was a dec- I mean, that's what the Pharisees were getting all freaked out. Because, I mean, the Jews, they're looking for the Messiah. They are earnestly seeking, when is the Messiah, the one that's promised, the one that's coming from David is going to come. And so the crowd is declaring, He's come! This is Him! Blessed be the King! He's the King! This is the one who's going to save us! Hosanna! Save now, God! Save us! Save! Save! That's what Hosanna means. What did you tell me it meant last year, sir? There was another... Please save. Please save! God, please save! Hosanna! Save! But because... See, they had a definition of what that meant. Jesus was coming to do that. He was coming to save, but it wasn't in the way they expected. Many of them, and I'm not saying all the crowd, I don't know everybody that's there, it doesn't define them, but many of them fell away. I mean, there's only one disciple. When Jesus went on the cross, there's only one of them there, John. That's it. The rest of them are gone. They, they jumped ship. They said, this is not, this must not be it, because, uh, this is not what I thought the Messiah would do. I thought he would free Israel. I thought he would break off the, the shackles in the natural. I thought he would be, come and bring a kingdom. And see, God, he did do all those things. But he didn't bring a natural kingdom. He didn't bring a, a natural salvation. He, bring, he brought something much better. He brought a spiritual kingdom, a spiritual salvation, something that would break off something that is so much more important than, than, than physical, natural freedom in the natural, that He brought spiritual freedom. But because they were looking, they had a definition, they had a box, they had an expectation, this is what the Messiah will do. They missed it and they were disappointed. They were dismayed. And they were maybe discouraged. See, there is a way that you can live in your relationship with God to live without disappointment. It's possible. 
I'm not there yet. But you know what? The more I come to him with just expectancy, just expectancy. Not at, see, I've had definitions, you know. I've had it like, you know, you're at, at that meeting. I grew up in Pentecostal stuff. You're at the meeting and everyone's falling over or whatever and you have an expectation. Okay, God, if I go forward and get prayer, I want to fall over. I want you to knock me over. You know, there's maybe nothing wrong with that. I, You know, a little bit of immaturity, but... You know, so I go forward. Okay, God, I'm ready for you to knock me over. You know, and le- you know, unless the person is pushing me, or if, unless God wants me to fall over, I ain't falling over. I can fake it. I can make it up. I can allow them to make me lose my balance. But unless the Holy Spirit is, wants to do that, He's just. See, you miss it. I miss it. If I come up and say, this is what I want, and God, this is what I want to happen, then I miss what he wants to do. Rather than if I come with an expectancy and say, man, I'm coming forward, God, I don't know what you have. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, as long as it's you, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want. And then, boom, when God says, I want to release joy in you right now, and He just this joy just rises up in me, then I receive it, and... And I'm not disappointed because I didn't have a definition of what God had to do for me. I was allowing Him to define it. I was allowing Him to lead. I was allowing Him. And you know what? This is the thing. Just like the triumphal entry, in our lives, if we come with expectancy instead of expectation, we'll get something so much better. It's not that God doesn't want to meet that certain thing. Um, Maybe God does want to do this certain thing in you that someone else has, but... He wants to do something special in you that's just for you. And if you let go of the expectation, then there's just this openness. And then that's God is looking for that. Because He's not going to force it. If you've got a box, He'll probably leave it closed. He's going to knock on it, but He's not going to rip it open. He's not going to tear into it and say, this is not the box I want. He just doesn't do that. That's just not, I don't know why. (laughs) He gave us he gave us a choice. He gave us a free will. Let's turn to uh let's look at a couple other examples. See there there's several examples in scripture. Uh, Matthew 16. Turn to Matthew 16 verse 21. Okay, verse 21, it says this. And this is right. This is Peter has just made the confession of Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter's just made this incredible thing with God, uh, with Jesus. And he says, you know, you're going to get the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so the disciples are probably pretty psyched at this point. Uh, that something good has happened and, and they got to be, I mean, it's kind of cool. When you do something and God says, yeah, that's all right. You're, you kind of feel good about that. Don't you? <laughs> or am I like the only one? I feel good. I'm like, yes. Like, you know, not you know, in an arrogant way. Just like, it's exciting. It's like when, when you're, there's a confirmation. You're like, yes. It's not like, it doesn't build me up just for my ego. It's just like, yes, Lord. I, 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 I need to hear that I'm on the right track sometimes. 
And so that the disciples are on the right track, and Peter's especially, oh man, I am, I'm in it right now. And so verse 21, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Okay, seems pretty clear to us. I'm sure if I was there, it probably would not have been clear to me. I'm just, I'm, I just don't think I'm much better than the disciples sometimes. I probably would have been going, what are you talking about? Because in another scripture, in like, it may be Mark or Luke, it's like, but the disciples, it was, it was hidden from them what this meant. I'm not sure why. I mean, Jesus said, I'm going to go die, and in, in three days I'm going to rise again. I'm not sure what's complicated about that, but they didn't get it. And it looks like Peter actually got it a little bit. He's like, so Peter took him aside and said, excuse me, Jesus, let me, let me get you straight here, buddy. Um, always a bad place to be. <laughs> okay? Always a bad place. You know, when you're telling God how things are supposed to be. So you, you get it. He's got an expectation. Peter turned, took him aside and said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. He had an expectation of what... He, he's already got the fine thing of how Jesus' life is going to play out. This is not in it, Lord. That, this is, that's the devil. And Jesus says to him, said, No, that's the devil. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus goes on to say, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And see, this is the thing. God does not define good the same way as we do sometimes. See, Peter was saying, this can't be good, so you can't go. Never. Don't let this happen. If, if that happens, that's going to be bad. Because if you die, that's bad. And Jesus is saying, you know what? This is the ultimate good. If I die and get raised again, it's the ultimate good. It's salvation for the world. But Peter had an expectation. They had a box. They had this, instead of an expectancy, wow, Jesus, you're going to go do something amazing. Oh, they're, they're taking him away. And I'm, you know, it's hard to live. I mean, I would have been running too, trust me. I mean, they arrest him. I'm, I, when there's arrest going on, I'm, I'm out of there. You know, if I'm not getting arrested, I've never been arrested. <laughs> Just to clarify that. Um, you know, I don't want anything to do with arrests. And so I understand Peter, you know, hit the guy with the sword and takes off. You know, I, you know, I'm a hit and run guy. You know, bam, run. You know, get out of there. Get out of trouble. Um, but see, the expectation was this was bad. And see, the Lord would say some of those things you think are bad, are good. Now, sickness never is good. Let's just clarify that. Sickness in Scripture is never defined as good, so that can never be good. God can still bring good from anything, but He's not sending it. God can't give what He doesn't have. He doesn't have any sickness, so only the de- He can't give it. Only the devil can give sickness, because that's what He's got. God works the same way. He can only give what He has. He can only give healing in life. And so, but see, some of the things... Suffering, dying to yourself, that's what God defines as good. And it's our definition of good that we sometimes want God to, to be in this. We want him to, the Lord to work in a fantasy world sometimes. I mean, let's be honest. 
Wouldn't it be nice? We want magic instead of power. We want, we want magic where it's just you snap your finger and whew, something happens that you want. It's not magic. It's, it's relationship. It's power of, of hearing the Holy Spirit and saying, Here, here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm leading you. So let's look at one more, though, just, to, just so you know that the, this is in the scriptures here. Mark 5. Mark 5, verse 35. That can't be right. <laughs> Mark 4:35. Typo. Mark 4:35. Okay, this is the story of Jesus calming the storm. It may be familiar to you. Okay, 435. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So notice Jesus is leading them. He's saying, let's get in the boat. This is his desire to go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Look at the expectation. Here it is defined once again. If I'm in a storm, it's bad. But Jesus led him there. Jesus led them into the storm. Man, I don't know if I like that. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is just, this is just another example See, once again, God's definition of where what's good is not the same as ours. He led them into the storm. They were safe. There was no danger because Jesus was in the boat. Because he led them there, if God leads you into the storm, then it's good. It's safe. It's okay. You may need to weather some stuff. You may need to trust in him. But if you have faith, you're going to make it through. And even if you don't, like the disciples, you're going to make it through because he loves you. And he cares for you. And so, but if they would have had an expectancy of, look at the difference of the disciples getting in the storm and saying, we got Jesus in the boat. I wonder what's going to happen. Not even having the definition of like, he needs to calm the storm. I mean, Jesus could have done all kinds of stuff. Who knows? They could have just been transported in the spirit. Just like Philip in Acts chapter 8. Or seven, or whatever it is, you know, where Philip just disappeared and God planted him somewhere else. That could have happened. They could have just begun to fly. I mean, there, there's no, there's no limit to what God could do. But with an expectancy, you can come and just say, "Man, I wonder what God's going to do in the midst of this storm. In the midst of the storm I'm going through, what's He going to do? How is He going to rescue me? How is He going to bring me through this storm? 
I am waiting with expectancy, God, because I know you're going to bring me through. I want to see what you're going to do. It may be just that he gives you strength to make it through. But with an expectancy, you don't have a definition, and so you don't miss what he's doing. We, we, we don't miss exactly what he's, he's trying to do. And an interesting point, I'll just, this is just a free one, is, and this is from somebody else. You only have authority over the storms you can sleep in. I believe it's probably Bill Johnson, but you only have authority over storms you can sleep in. See, Jesus was able to sleep through it, and so when he got up, he had the authority to calm that storm. And there's several, there's several scriptures, see, that say, for the scripture says, and it's a quote of Isaiah 28, 16, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. It also says it in Romans 9, 33 and 1 Peter 2, 6. It says, for the scripture says, he who believes on this rock will, ne- will never be disappointed, or will never be dismayed, will never be discouraged. Uh, some translations say will never be put to shame. Um, but see, there's, there's, there's this way of living that is very freeing. Because when, you, when we take the definitions off, when we take the strings, when we have strings attached. When we take the strings off of our prayers, when we take the strings off of our worship, when we take the, the strings that we attach to what, what should happen, whether it's with God or with someone else, then we're free because we'll never be disappointed. If you, have not, if you don't have an expectation for someone, you will never be disappointed in them. Ever. If you're disappointed, that means you set a standard of what they should do. And when they don't do it, and I guarantee you, if you set one for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up that box. I mean, if I set expectations for my wife and she doesn't, I mean, this really works in marriages really well. Um, it's really been freeing to me to understand this idea, to understand this truth. If I have an ex- expectation for my wife, a defined thing of what she, she needs to do this, if she doesn't wash the dishes by 8 o'clock, then I'm upset. If I just have an expectancy, that it, it really is freeing in relationships. If I have an expectancy of, man, I'm just enjoying my life together with Ashley, and you know what, the dishes need to get done. I'm not saying she doesn't do the dishes here. Just, it's just an example. I do the dishes too, just FYI. Every man should do the dishes, okay? (laughs) I'm just trying to win some points with the ladies here. (laughs) At least some of the time. I mean, don't just make her do everything for crying out loud. Let her mow the lawn too sometimes though, you know. (laughs) Okay, just I'm kidding. But, But you see how freeing that is? If I just release my expectation... For her, for the dishes, and this is just a, a dumb, a little tiny example. But those things in marriages, some of those little little things that seem so dumb, it's like, oh well, I just have an expectation that you'll, okay, here's leave the bathroom light on because it keeps the plug on. And so, you know, when I turn the bathroom light on, my, the expectation is broken, and then there's disappointment. And see, in our relate, we can do this in our relationship. Now, there's some sometimes we can't do that. When when you have a job, there's a, there's an expectation. You have to just live with that. It doesn't work for every area of life, but it does work all the time with Jesus. 
It works all the time with the Holy Spirit to come with expectancy and say, Lord, I don't know what you want to do, but I'm just ready for you to do it. I don't know what you're going to say to me. You know, we come to him and we want him to speak about a certain thing. Oh, God, please tell me about this. When he just wants to share something else. But we're disappointed and we can't hear that other thing because we're so set on God. I need to hear about this specific thing right now. And you go away from your time with God saying, I didn't meet with God. I didn't have a good time with God. He didn't speak to me. Really? It, but if, it's so freeing. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, there can be an expectation in, in, in every area of life. And if you just let those go, every string that you can let go, let go. Every string. If you can let go of it, then let go. Because, and see, this is a way we can experience more of the fullness of the goodness of God. Because I am convinced that sometimes I miss things that God wants to just pour out and bless me with because I'm looking over here and I'm, I'm saying, Lord, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. And it doesn't mean we don't ask God for things. It doesn't mean we don't pray. It doesn't mean we don't seek Him. But there needs to be a thing where we don't have our hands on it so tightly that, okay, I bring this before you and then I... I just lay it with expectancy before you and say, Lord, what do you want to do? Okay, you're not talking about that right now, Lord. So what do you want to talk about? (laughs) What do you want to say? What do you want to do? What do you want me to do with you? You know, God sometimes does. You'll you'll sit down with him and you want to worship. And he's like, I want you to read my word. Or you'll sit down and want to pray. or, Or you sit down and want to read the Bible. And God's saying, I want... I." Look, look, right now, just pray, pray, pray for Dave, Dave Presley right now. Pray for him, lift him up. He needs strength. He needs something right now. The Holy Spirit is calling you. And see, when you come with expectancy, you catch more from him. You see more from him. You'll be, we'll begin to see things because, see, just as Jesus lived like this. Do we understand that Jesus didn't have a, a definition? He let the Holy Spirit define it through the Father, through the Holy Spirit to him. It says, whatever I see my Father doing, that's what I do. I don't define it. For 30 years, Jesus did no miracles. Don't you think he probably wanted to? The lame guy walking by into the carpenter shop. But because he was living with expectancy, he's going, Lord, what do you, Father, what do you want to do with that man right now? Well, I want you to just pray. Well, I want you to just do this. I want you to just work on that bench and just enjoy my presence. And how freeing that is because we take the, these chains off that, and this box gets blown apart and there's so much more that's available. Just as the triumphal entry, they were expecting, their expectation was really so small. They were just hoping Jesus would set up a kingdom for, for the, the Jews. And, and when God says, look, I'm going to blow apart this. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to break off the shackles of sin. I'm going to tear apart the devil. And I'm going to destroy his kingdom. And he's going to be defeated. And you're going to be able to live with my spirit in you. You're going to become my sons and daughters. You're going to be free to worship and to live. And you're going to perform signs and wonders and miracles. That's a whole lot better than just setting up a king and having a nice nation. And see, as we take off the expectation, as we let go of the strings and tear them off and say, God, 
I just, I just want you, I just have an expectancy of what you're going to do. Then we enter into the fullness of the goodness of God because God is good all the time. He's always doing good. And as I release and say, whatever good you want to do, whether it's bringing me through a storm, whether my boat is filling up with water, but if you're there, then it's good. If you are with me, and He says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. The last, some of the last words on earth, He says, and behold, I am with you. Always, into eternity, into the ages. It's freeing. It's freeing to live this way. It's freeing, and it and it will, and if if you can catch this, it will it will free you. Um, I want us. To, I do want us to respond. We've got a few minutes here. Um, I want us to just respond. I'm going to go ahead and just play because I want everybody to be able to respond. And leaders, I mean, if you could be ready to pray with people um, as we respond. And this is this is how we're going to respond. Is some of us just need to let go of the strings. Some of us need to push the box away. And this, and most specifically, I think this is in our relationship with, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. To just say, I release my expectations. I release my expectations. And I trust you. And I believe that God, this is the last thing He wants to do today in this service. He wants to do more after we leave. But that's between you and Him in the restaurant or in your server or the softball field or wherever we end up. But I just encourage you, if you need to let something go, whether it's, it's just an expectation of... Maybe, it may be something you've been asking God for for a long time and He's just asking you, just lay it down. Just lay it down. Let me, let me take care of it. So could we do that? Could you stand? And if you want prayer... I'd shut the mic off. If you want prayer, then let's respond to him. Let's, we're just going to sing the, the Made Me Glad song and just release it.